800-200. Your home of the pins and the best pins covering. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Everybody gets to the Super Bowl block pool. I used to be in one that was $1,000 a block. 50 k if you hit the final score straight up. And you know what numbers I always got? 2, 5, 8, 9. You might win with 2, 5, 8, 9, but you probably won't. You're a lot better off with 0, 1, 3, 4, 6, and 7. That's what hits. But I always got 2, 5, 8, 9. So, 2, 5, 8, 9 on the Super Bowl block pool, you suck. And guess what? You just made the list. We welcome now for potentially his last pick ever. He is our football. I, I hesitate to use the term expert, but let's welcome Mr. Friday Afternoon. Mr. Friday Afternoon, after the Super Bowl, the listeners will decide. A Twitter poll will determine your future with the show. My future? Yes, you could be voted off by the listeners. Well, I don't, I don't think that's very fair. Well, fair or not, that's how it's going to go down. Okay, well, well, the poll, I think, should uh, definitely have at least 5,000 uh, uh, votes. What do you mean? I think it should have at least 5,000 people. So you think uh, less votes than that would be an unfair sample, too small? Absolutely. All right, that's fair. When we put the poll up, whether to keep you or get rid of you, if 5,000 do not vote, the poll will be null and void, and we will approach uh, your future from some other perspective. What do you mean by that? I don't know what I mean by that. I'm just giving you a break, accepting your proposal, showing some mercy. I don't think a little gratitude's out of the question. Well, wait, wait, wait. First of all, why are you using words like mercy and stuff and everything? You're making it sound like people are going to vote. You're, you're, you're basically you're corrupting the pool. That, that's true. Now, the pool of voters. I am. That's wait, correct. Wait, wait, that is true. I think they should vote you off, yes. Anyway. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Wait, time out. Let's just backtrack here. You said from the get-go that you've been on my side, especially amidst these, uh, these whatever these allegations are of sexual... Um, I wasn't uh, even going to bring those up. Okay, well, well, you don't really sound like you're on my side if you're trying to tell people to get to vote, you're trying to vote me off. Look, what said is said, we'll get to the poll after the Super Bowl. We'll have you on to talk about the poll before we put it up. Uh, New England is favored by four and a half. Actually, we won't do that. I don't want to... That would poison the result of the poll if we had you on. So... This is it for you, potentially. Anyway, New England is favored by four and a half, and it's worth noting... Talk to McKenna, before we start, can I talk to my fans about what they think about this? Uh, sure, if you'd like to talk to Mr. Friday Afternoon, dial 412-333-WXDX. And don't forget, even if you hate Mr. Friday Afternoon, stay tuned because Alan Fanica, the all-time Steeler great, is on in just a little bit. Uh, New England favored by four and a half, and it's worth noting that every New England Super Bowl with Brady and Belichick has been a very close game. Uh, none decided by more than six points. Um, that is true. You're stating the obvious. But well, would you like to make a pick then? 
Um, yes, I would like to make a pick. Well, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to pick New England minus four and a half. Would you like to explain that pick? Well, usually you do. You don't want me to explain the picks. So now okay, you're asking then to don't explain, explain pick. the pick. New England initially was favored by six and a half. Did you middle the game because that's what a a smart gambler would have done? Somebody was savvy. No, I overslept. I couldn't get the casino in time. Um, I, think I thought I maybe you had a turkey in the oven. <laughs> no, uh, and that kept you away from the sports book. Well, well, the fact that that, that, uh, that the line should be six. I think mean, the sports book managers around town say the true line of this game should be six and a half to seven and a half. So I think you're just getting value on New England. Um, I just, I just like, I like the fact that you're getting value. I'll take that anytime. What is your most promising prop bet for the Super Bowl? My most promising prop bet? Yes. Well, I've been looking. I've been going to the. There's, there's, there's several outs here in, uh, in, in Vegas. You have the William Hill Sportsbook. You have uh, CGI Technology. I can't get them. I can't find a prop bet that you are a jackass. And I'm trying to find that one because I think that's that has nothing to do with the Super Bowl. Okay, well, well, are you trying to deny that whether or not you're a jackass or not? Well, I have made a prop bet that you lose all your prop bets. Okay, well, here's my prop bet. Brady over 293 passing yards. Okay, can we put that as an official prediction? Because you were 0-2 in the conference championship game. Are you sure? I thought I picked Philadelphia. I thought I picked Philly. You were 0-2. Are you 100% positive about that? Because I bet Philadelphia pretty decent at the sportsbook. I, I may have, like, uh, but, the, but I, I was not sure on Friday. 100% was, was, sure. That's interesting because I think it might be a fabrication on your part. Uh, now, I, I if the listeners you know, vote you, you off you're, you're the, the show. You're the type of guy, the, the, the fact that you're biased that doesn't change the fact I, I'm not at all biased. If the listeners you vote might... you off the show, could you really blame them? I mean, you stink. Yeah, but then they'd be stuck with you and you're worse. Yeah, you might be onto something. Uh, now, in regards to the company's investigation into your alleged uh, misconduct and harassment, do you feel you've been okay. a victim of a hostile work environment? Because as your um, spokesman in this, I feel like I've been a victim here. I feel like it's taken a lot of courage to get through the average workday here. Uh, do you feel you've been uh, similarly victimized? Uh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, but, but, but it's been slanderous is what it's been. What's ironic because I feel like I've been victimized, but I feel like I've kind of let that trickle down and like I've victimized you. Yeah, okay, I agree. Now, do you, you feel, like, do you feel yeah. like I... Now, so, now, don't forget you're under oath. Do you feel like wait I... Wait a minute, wait a second. How am I under oath? You, 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 uh, when we started this investigation, you, you swore... To tell the whole truth, and and that doesn't change no, unless. I didn't. Yeah, you did. Anyway, no, I didn't. Look, we answer the question, okay? Do you? I'm trying to help you. It doesn't sound like you're trying to get me kicked off the show and voted off. Do you feel you like I berated you? Do you don't have anything to do with me anymore? Is what it sounds like. Do you feel like I berated you and been a mean boss? Because that was definitely my intention. Absolutely, yes, I have. And I think I think the, I think the fans, my fans, would agree. What is Twitter saying about this? Do they think that I've been been um, been verbally and, and mentally abused by you? Well, I think Twitter feels like there's only one word to describe you, and I'm going to spell it out for you: S A W F T. Soft. You're a sissy, Mary. The sense is completely not true. I'm, I'm I'm a tough cookie. Let's go to Patience in Green Tree. Patience, you're on with Mr. Friday Afternoon. Hey guys, uh, I'd love to take over Mr. Friday Afternoon's position. I'm really good with picks, and a lot of my friends would uh, would listen. I don't well, know it's too early to... for that, Patience. We have to vote him off the island first. Let's go to Steve in the car. Steve, you're on with Mr. Friday Afternoon. 
Hey, Mark, with all due respect, and sorry to use your show as this venue, but uh, Mr. Friday Afternoon owes me uh, $100, $200 for two block poles that he's on. Ah, that, that's your problem. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with Mr. Friday Afternoon. I hope for your sake you stay on and your contract gets renewed, but I'd rather listen to Randall Tebow or Mr. Hockey. Well, th- those guys. Well, thank, well, thank you for your thank you for your words of support. Thank those, you so those much. Those guys are a couple losers. Well, Mr. Friday afternoon, we've reached the end of potentially your last segment. You have ten seconds to say anything you like to the listeners. Okay, um, one I Mississippi, think, uh, two Mississippi. Uh, first of all, you're three Mississippi. Over. I, I think that the record will show that my time in the show here, uh, I was mistreated. Okay, that's it. Cut him off. That's ten abused. seconds. That's Mr. Friday afternoon. Up next, Alan Fanica, one oh five nine the X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. The X at 105.9. It's a pleasure now to welcome a man who could be and should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as of tomorrow. He is the greatest guard of his generation and perhaps to ever play the game. He is a six-time first-team All-Pro and a Super Bowl champion. We welcome Alan Fanica. Uh, Alex, great to have you on. Uh, this is your third time as a Hall of Fame finalist. Do you have a good feeling about the announcement tomorrow? <laughs> uh, I, one thing I've learned through this process is uh, just let it go and uh, roll with the punches. I, any feeling I have is just strictly a feeling, man. It's uh, Who knows what goes on in that room when those guys lock the doors and start voting. No, I, I know what you're saying, and, and you don't strike me as the kind of guy that would wait by the phone tomorrow at any rate. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's just kind of a getaway day, and uh, sit, uh, instead of sitting around, and uh, man, they got you coming back to the room uh, by three o'clock, and you wait for a knock on the door, yay or nay, and see how it goes. Now, Jerome Bettis says that you are a big reason he's in the Hall of Fame. It must make you feel great to hear him say that. And Bill Cower has high praise too. Oh man, that's uh, uh, you know that's one of the things about this process, man. You know, uh, once once a year, the last couple of years, you know. You Hearing all these great things and uh, stories and uh, uh, compliments, and uh, you know, hearing, hearing uh, the, the words uh, that Jerome and Coach Kyle have been saying, they—they uh, uh, they mean a lot. They're great, and uh, you know, oftentimes uh, uh, we don't—we don't always share how we feel about each other when, when you're going through the mix of it, or how much we appreciate the effort uh, guys go through. But uh, when you when you step out of the game a little bit, and especially in moments like this, you get to share your thoughts and feelings a little more. Well, obviously the Hall of Fame is an individual honor, but you blocked for some great backs and blocked with some great linemen, didn't you? Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, it's uh, it's never the, the individual. It's always about uh, the teams you were a part of, uh, the the type of offenses and defenses we got to play in, and uh, you know, it's you, you can't do it without uh, the rest of the guys around you, especially in a position like the offensive line, man. You know, we're. We're out there, uh, you know, five guys trying to do one thing and, and make it look good. So, uh, you know, if, if the other guys uh, weren't doing their part and doing this, just, a, just as good a job as me, uh, I wouldn't have looked half as good as I was able to look during my playing career. Is guard an underappreciated position, Al? There's only like a dozen guards in the Hall of Fame. I mean, pro football for over a century, only a dozen guards. That's not too many, is it? No, but I think there was probably a couple other positions like that. You know, I, I think for a long time, you know, teams went in and uh, just, really, you know, we're always shooting for tackles, and if the tackle didn't pan out at that position, they'd just bump him down inside and figure that he could uh, get the job done. 
And, uh, you know, I think as of late, uh, the last, uh, say, decade and a half, uh, uh, teams have kind of realized that, you know, there's a, a different skill set that can be used inside that uh, is not just a, a cast-off from a guy that didn't pan out as, a, uh, as an outside tackle. So I think uh, it's uh, garnered some uh, much-needed much appreciation and uh, uh, understanding of what goes on in that position. Well, let's stay with that, Al. What's it take to be a good guard? What What do you need in terms of skill set? Because if anybody knows, it's got to be you. Well, you know, you need you need a little bit of the center position and a little bit of the tackle position. Uh, you know, you need the smarts of being in there in the center and, and taking control, uh, reading the defense. The center can't always do it by himself. Uh, you need to be able to uh, set out and pass, protect like a tackle. And, and you need to be able to move in space, and uh, and, and that's uh, you know one of the things I think a, a guard can, can really add value. When, when you got a guy that can uh, move around and, and create things, and not just be that that peg in a hole right there in that spot, uh, really uh, lets offenses uh, get creative, uh, move guys around, and I think that's where where the value is being seen. Well, that really says it all, which begs the question: Why don't you coach? I always kind of figured you'd be a great coach. Uh, you know, it, it, it has become a passion of mine, so we'll see where it goes. Uh, I've definitely uh, enjoyed my time uh, with the Steelers in training camp the last uh, couple of years and during the summer, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Who taught you the most, uh, especially at the pro level, Al? Once you got to the Steelers, who'd you work with, who'd you played with that you feel provided big influence? You know, you learn so much from the guys you're with, man. You know, you uh, you see what they're doing in practice, you, you trade uh you trade tips, uh, what are you doing, how do you do it. Uh, so you learn from the guys in the group. Um, but I think, uh, you know, as, as a whole, learning learning what defenses are trying to do and how to uh, counteract it and uh, uh, being able to just see the big picture uh, was, uh, was Russ Grimm. I mean, he, he came in and, and taught me so much, uh, was able to see the, the field, the big picture, and understand things and even just understand little nuances of, of where – uh, defenses were trying to uh, to attack or, or get to, um, you know, lots of things that we would have to go into a, a dark room and a projector for hours to to fully uh, understand and appreciate. But uh, just a, a lot of the little things that um, you don't really understand. We're just going out there and just you know going to get your guy, but uh, to be able to uh, uh, help your buddy while you go get your guy, stuff like that, uh, is just uh, one of the, the best things to learn. Al, what are your take on the Steelers' two current starting guards? Because they got a couple decent ones in DeCastro and Foster, don't they? They do a good job, man. Those guys, uh, that, that unit, it's a great unit. They uh, they play well with each other and off of each other and feed off of each other. And uh, they do a lot of that, what I was just talking about, man. They, they get out there, they communicate, they, they hash it out and, and uh, make each other that much better. But, um, you know, uh, Ruben's a wily old vet, man, and uh, <laughs> uh, keeps on clicking. And uh, does does a job, man. And uh, you know, you, you think he, he'd age a little bit, but he doesn't. He just keeps on going and doing a great job. And, and David's over there. Uh, you know, he's in his prime, man. He, he's doing some special things out there, and uh, is, is really a, a tough guy for for defenses to beat. We're talking to Steelers all-time great Hall of Fame finalist Alan Fanica here on the X. Uh, Al, how has football changed since you played? And I know you only retired seven years ago. But boy, football has become a game that changes pretty quick. It, it has, man. It's it's uh, it's definitely a it's, it's a it's more up tempo offenses. Uh, you know, the, the ground and pound days I think are, are gone for the most. You know, even the teams that that uh, uh, 
are doing it now aren't necessarily, uh, you know, what uh, you and I grew up uh, thinking is ground and pound. Um, so I think it's definitely more pass-oriented and uh, uh, definitely spreading the field and um, lots of uh, lots of action, lots of energy. It's definitely uh, an exciting brand of, uh, of offensive football to watch. Now, you lost over 100 pounds after retiring. You run marathons. How and why did you lose the weight? It's got to be a health thing, but it must have been incredibly difficult. You know, I always said when I'm done, I'm just going to give it a shot. I'm going to lose the weight and see if it sticks. I figured I didn't need to be 320 pounds the rest of my life, especially if I wasn't using it uh, to play football. So I I just kicked it in there right when I was done, decided to retire. Um, You know, I tell people now, I I don't think I could do it now. Uh, I haven't been out of the the grind of uh, football training for so long, but it was just like training for another season for me. So, man, I just... I just put my head down and did it, didn't ask questions, and, uh, you know, walk around a little bit hungry during the daytime and, and did lots of cardio and uh, just got after it. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, uh, wanted to do it quick. I didn't want to, uh, you know, lose a, a pound a week. I said, I, I figured if they can do it on the biggest loser, I can at least give it an attempt. <laughs> what, what's tougher, running a marathon or playing in a Super Bowl? Man, I tell you what, man. It's not the marathon. It's those last five miles of the marathon, man. There's lots of thoughts going through your head and uh, uh, lots of pain going on. But, uh, you know, it's definitely an accomplishment. You, 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 get a, you get a bug, man, when you cross that finish line. Uh, uh, you know, people told me it would happen. And before you know it, man, 48 hours later, I was, like, looking for the next high, man. What, what are we doing next? Because uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's like you against the world, man. It's you against that pavement. Just keep on going. You got your ring in Super Bowl Forty when the Steelers beat Seattle, and you threw that big block when Willie Parker went to the house. You get asked about that block all the time, don't you? <laughs> all the time, all the time, man. It makes all the highlight reels, uh, and it's definitely a, a fan favorite there in the Berg. So uh, I definitely get asked about it. And, uh, you know, it was just great, man. We were, we were able, able to uh, set them up, man. We played the whole first half, had a package in, just to get them to overshift their defense, and that was our check, man. And, uh, we got up to the line of scrimmage, and I was like, oh, man, here it is. It's right here. They did it. And, uh, you know, Ben made the check and out the door, and uh, the rest is history, as they said. Your, your memories of that whole game got to be really vivid, Al. I mean, a Super Bowl, it's probably the biggest, most noteworthy accomplishment in American sports. You never forget any of it, I bet. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, you can think about it, or I can see pictures, and uh, it, it's like it was yesterday. You know, you... Uh, uh, I've, I've got this one picture of uh, me holding the trophy after the game, and I'm screaming, and uh, you know the confetti's all in the background. And uh, I mean, I, I can look at that picture, and the hair on my neck uh, stands up every time. Doesn't matter how many times a day or a week I, I glance at it. I don't want to jinx it, but and maybe you don't either. But if you do get in the Hall of Fame tomorrow, who's going to present you? Have you decided? Because I find those choices very interesting. Uh, I I have not. Uh, uh, I, I have thought about the process of trying to figure that out, but I uh, and, and just wondering how people come up with that because it's uh, uh, it's like like we were talking about earlier, man. It's it's not just you; it's, it's everybody that's uh, that's gotten you there. But uh, I have not put any any thought into to who or what or or uh, how. But uh, I have definitely thought about it, uh, meeting guys through this process the last couple of years, and uh, just just wondering how to go about uh, choosing that. Now, what's the biggest honor you've got to date? I mean, All-Pro, Pro Bowls, NFL All-Decade, Steelers All-Time Team. You've done a lot, buddy. You're definitely spoiled for choice. <laughs> um, man, uh, 
you know, being a part of the, the all-time Steeler team is something very special to me. Uh, being a member of, of the all-decade team is, is another uh, uh, special thing, kind of something, uh, uh, you know, that you, once, those, once those teams started coming out, it was like, all right, all right, that's a goal. You know, that's something to shoot for, man. And when, and when you make it, uh, uh, you know, it, it's something special. Uh, but like you said, man, I, I've been blessed with a great career, and, uh, you know, there's definitely lots of choices there. Uh, you played for a couple other teams, Al, but you're a Steeler. Everybody here knows that we think that. What is it that makes the Steelers so great and, and such a unique experience to play for, especially as long as you did? You know, I, I get asked that question a lot, too. And, and it's, it's, it's really hard to put into words. Uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a family-run organization. It's, it's a brotherhood of guys in the locker room. Uh, and I, you know, I, I really think it goes back to, um, uh, what the guys did in the seventies and, and, and in those era, that era, those guys, uh, what they started just kept getting carried on. And, and I don't know if the organization does it purposefully, but I mean, so many guys, everybody guy, we all come from different parts of the, the world, you know, uh, trailer parks, inner city, country, uh, suburbs, but we all have so much in common and so many things, uh, uh, uh together. You know, it's like we're the same, the same type of people. It's kind of weird, um, to, to, to put into words, but, uh, you know, we're all buddies and, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a good thing in the locker room. And I definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's something that you think you get spoiled of when you're there in Pittsburgh and when you go somewhere else and you don't have that feeling or that sense. It's like, wow, that's, it's, it's, it's big uh it's a big thing that's missing and that's definitely the thing that that just goes on there man it just keeps carrying on and on uh through the through the generations of the, the teams and uh you know past and present it just keeps going it's it's really hard to put into words al you did a great job putting it into words thank you so much for taking the time this has been wonderful and here's looking forward to tomorrow here's hoping i appreciate it thank you that's alan fanica and think about al was and and go back and watch that block he threw to Spring Willie Parker for that long run for a touchdown uh, to help beat Seattle in Super Bowl Forty. And I've talked about this with other guys, but it applies to Al more than any offensive lineman I've ever seen here in Pittsburgh, certainly. Al was so good you could watch the game on TV. Not the coaches' tapes, but just the game on TV, like every schmuck watches. And you could say, boy, Fanick is killing his guy. You can't tell that about guards mostly, but he just killed his guys. He beat their ass up and knocked their ass out. That's how good Al Fanica was. And, boy, I hope he gets in tomorrow, but he's going to get in sooner or later, no doubt. But let's hope it's tomorrow. Up next, we got the Hockey Night Show brought to you by the Three Wise Men, the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. It's going to be the interview I did yesterday with Mike Sullivan in its entirety, and what a great way to lead up to the pens and caps tonight. Here on 105.9. From the Exergen Temporal Thermometer Weather Center. Partly 